0: Hello everyone and welcome to our Threshold podcast. We are so happy that you have taken time to join us today and we pray that you will be absolutely encouraged by the plethora of messages and encouraging words that we share here in our church. Threshold is a family of believers based in East Riding of Yorkshire in the wonderful city of Hull and our head pastors are our pastor Deborah and Philip Bander. Be blessed. Yeah, last week, long service. Week before, long service. So today, I'm going to try and uh, finish and let you go. Amen? amen. I was told that there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit situation, and there is such a thing as a hostage situation. The <laughs> pastor is holding the rest of the church hostage. He refuses to say amen. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you whole stage. Uh, I'm going to release you in a very good time.
1: <laughs> Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Wow. The Lord is good. Amen. Awesome. All right. Okay. You know, we, we, like I advertised, today I'm going to start a series. Actually, this month and next month. It's going to be sort of like a prophetic school, okay? It's going to sound like that. It's going to sound like it's a a prophetic school, okay? A school for prophetic ministry. What does that actually mean? It means it will sound like a school for supernatural ministry. Do you guys understand? Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It will sound like that. Because the things I'm going to talk about the next couple of months are to prepare you guys to grasp. The supernatural aspect of what we believe. We are Christians, right? By definition it means we believe supernatural things. Mm -hmm. We believe in a God we do not see and we believe in a Jesus who rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. So you already believe in supernatural things. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. But I want us to have a good grasp of it. A good understanding of it. A good knowledge of it. So that when we have a good knowledge of it then it is easier for us to advance with what god has called us to do to advance even in our families spreading the kingdom of god in our families for some of us that's just where it is at we've got a big issue to spread the kingdom in our family there's a supernatural dimension to things that i want us to understand amen So for the next three weeks, I'll be handling a subject of God. They shall cast out demons. Amen. Amen. That's juicy, right? They shall cast out demons. That's the subject I want us to handle. Why? Let me give you the main objectives why I'm handling this. Number one, it is so that we may know who Christ really is. Somebody might say, but really? We're going to talk about demons to understand who Christ really is? Yes. Because when you understand the order of spiritual things, the way spiritual things are, you can't avoid but to notice the one who's above in that realm as well. Hello? Ah. It also is very clear in the book of Revelation. If you read your book of Revelation at the introduction it says it is the revelation of who? Of Jesus. But you then you begin to read about dragons and beasts and yeah? But it's a revelation of Jesus. All these things are going to be talked about and it is important how I talk about them. I should talk about them in context of Jesus Christ. So they add to the revelation of who Jesus really is. Hello? Uh The other reason is that it gives us the measure of Christ's authority. If you don't know what Jesus has overcome, you don't know the measure of his authority. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we can understand when we see what he has overcome. Then we will understand his power. Amen? Amen? Do you get me? Yes. Another reason is that we may know what believing in him has made us become. Us. Do you know what you believe makes you become something? Do you understand? What you believe makes you become something. If you believe you're not good enough, you behave like you're not good enough. Hello? Uh. If you believe nobody likes you, you behave. As if nobody likes you. What you believe is what you become. Hello? Uh. So as we talk about this subject, as we uncover more about who Christ is and who, what his authority is, We will also begin to understand that even us, the Christ we believe in, defines who we have become. Amen? Amen. It also will define what we believe, will also define and identify our enemies. What you believe just identifies your enemies, especially nowadays. People are inkling and they are always around you trying to figure out what you really believe. You know, you start a new job and they are just looking at you like, hey, let's see, what, what, what is he like? What, what is he going to say? You know? Whole city, ah, oh, they come near you, you know, because they love football as well. Yeah. Jesus, ah, oh, they run. Yeah. What you believe defines what is against you. Hello? Um, If you believe in progress, it means uh, what is against you is everything that is an enemy of progress, right? If you believe in being a good father, it means everything that pulls uh, you away from being a good father over your children becomes your enemy, right? If you don't believe you have to be there for your children, then anything goes, your enemy becomes good people. The ones that say you should be there for your children. So what you believe defines your enemies. So you will discover who you are as we talk about this. Amen? Amen. Mm, 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 mm. Another thing I will say, this will help you to know how to walk with Christ and to fulfill His agenda on your life daily. Okay, because most of us, as soon as we say walk with Christ, we have come from a school of thought which is very negative about that. Oh, brother, are you walking with Christ? You know, it is like it is like a suspicious kind of question. They are suspecting you. That's why they are saying, Oh, brother, are you are you walking with Christ? Or if I say, Oh, you know, totally, you are doing really fine. Just just make sure. You just keep walking with God Automatically, you're thinking, I should avoid sin. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is another aspect of walking with Christ. This aspect is walking in his vision, in his agenda daily. He has an agenda, there are things he wants to do every day. So, this will help you know the things he wants you to do every day or in everyday life. Did you get me? Come on church, you're too quiet on you. Yeah. I'm going to quit, I'm going to start another something. <laughs> the other reason is the last one, okay, about four reasons, I will, I'll explain there. To know how to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. Now that's big, right? That's big and very important. To know how to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. If you are a child of God, you have received the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. Come on, yeah. say it with me. The kingdom of God, kingdom of God is, within me. is within me. It means that everywhere where you go, there is at least, at least one square foot of kingdom. You. Right? If I stand here, the kingdom is here. Hello? The kingdom is where you are. The kingdom is in your house. Wherever you go, the kingdom of God is there. Because it's within you. That's not the problem. The issue is now to grow the square feet of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. To grow your influence means we grow the kingdom of God. Do you guys understand? Mm-hmm. Now, as we deal with this subject, we will understand how to do that. Because you do understand that the kingdom only advances by displacement. I'm already in the thick of things right now. These are going to be nice and heavy sessions, okay? Those of you that can write, write your notes and go and read. The kingdom only advances by displacement. What does that mean? The kingdom, when the kingdom of God comes upon a place something must go. Light and darkness does not mix. Light and darkness does not mix. There is no an in between. When light comes, darkness disappears. That's how the kingdom works. When the kingdom comes in you, darkness in you disappears. Now when you are when you want the kingdom of God to come upon a place, upon your family, upon a... It means darkness must go. But darkness puts up a fight. And so, this same series, as we talk about this, it will help you understand how to push against darkness. Hallelujah. The Bible says you are the light of the world, a city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen? Amen. Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah? It means for some people to get saved, some of your family members, and some people your neighbors, for some people to get saved, for some churches to be planted, we must understand that there is a driving out of darkness that must happen. Hello? Uh, yeah. I know most of us have people that we, we've, we've tried and we've, we've tried to invite to church. They won't come. We've tried to speak to them about God. They won't listen. Uh, you know, you, you buy them a ticket for football, they will come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anything else, they won't do it. Right? And you're wondering, what, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong is that there is darkness that needs driving out. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And that's what we want to be dealing with here when we do this. Amen? Yeah. And the last thing I will say on that is that much of the slow rate in winning souls that we have in this city, now this is specific to home, our rate of winning souls is not brilliant. Yeah. Of bringing people to Christ, our rate is not great. I believe we will reach a place where we have a rate of soul winning, just this church, into the hundreds per week. And I want to get there. I want to get in a Sunday service and and say, we had 300 people give their lives to Christ. I want to get in a Sunday service and say, hey, man, you won't believe it. We come from a weekend conference like that. 500 people have given their lives to Christ. Do you guys understand? If you, if you feel like that's too much, just just come on, get a lift, get a lift, it's on my faith. I believe it will happen. Yes. Amen. Amen. amen? But for that to happen, we must understand how to drive out demons. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. amen. Do you understand? Yes. Let's turn to Luke chapter 11. Hallelujah. There is a birthing out happening right now. God is birthing some uh, amazing, ridiculous things. If I have will, time, I will pray over some of you. Uh, Luke chapter 11, 14 to 23. I'm going to read from uh, the Passion Translation. Quite an interesting one. But I'm going to read from it. Verse 14, the Bible says, One day there was a crowd gathered around Jesus, and among them was a man who was mute. Jesus drove out of the man the spirit that made him unable to speak. Once the demon left him, the mute man's tongue was loosed and he was able to speak again. The stunned crowd saw it all and marveled in amazement over this miracle. Verse 15 But there were some in the crowd who protested, saying, He casts out demons by the power of Satan, the demon king others were skeptical and tried to persuade Jesus to perform a spectacular display of power to prove that he was the Messiah. Can you imagine that? Jesus, well aware of their every thought, said to them, every kingdom that is split against itself is doomed to fail and will eventually collapse. If it is true that Satan casts out his own demons through me, how could his kingdom remain intact? If Satan gives me the power to cast out his demons, who is it that gives your sons or your exorcists their power? Let them become your judges. Go and ask them and they will tell you. Yet if I am casting out demons by God's mighty power, God's kingdom realm is now released upon you. Or God's kingdom has come upon you. But you still reject it. Verse 21, Satan's belongings are undisturbed as he stands guard over his fortress kingdom, strong and fully armed with an arsenal of weapons. But when one stronger than he comes to attack and overpower him, the stronger one will empty the arsenal in which he trusted. The conqueror will ransack his kingdom and distribute all the spoils of victory. This is a war, and whoever is not on my side is against me. And whoever does not gather the spoils with me will be forever scattered. Hallelujah! Amen. And in the Presbyterian Church, we say, "May the Lord bless the reading of the word." Amen. 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 Haha. Uh-huh. Ends that discourse. He, he doesn't. He, where I've stopped, he, he ends it with, "This is a war. <laughs> this is a war. Whoever is not gathering with me the spoils is against me." So the whole reason I'm going to talk about this, it is about gathering the spoils. Do you understand? Yes. What is he referring to? Quickly, the picture he paints in that story is that, is that Satan has got a kingdom. And in this kingdom, he's, he's, got, he's, 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 he's used his weapons that he stores in his arsenal. And, is, and using his weapons, he has kept some spoils. So what Jesus can do is that he comes and defeats Satan so that he may get the spoils. The spoils are the souls, the people. Amen? Amen. The number one reason why people will not get saved so easily in the city is because we need to know the arsenal of the enemy and how to go against it. Do you understand? Mm. Jesus says Satan stands guard over his fortress. It means the devil has gone and, and sat in some people's lives. To a level where he has formed a fortress around them and he's daring God or us to go and grab them from the kingdom of darkness. Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? He works it into generations that you look at a family and you find that their father atheist never believed in God. Their Their grandfather never believed in God. Their great grandfather never believed in God. Them, fourth generation, don't even think anything about God. Devil has created a fortress in that family. And it's going to take something to grab them from there. Hello? Uh-huh. Just as God does it the same way. You know, if, if you, you, you get saved, you change the generations to come. I was with somebody yesterday where we were, we were in Manchester yesterday at, at this conference, me and Debbie, and, and, and we were speaking to one another and prophesying over people. And I remember I was speaking to one of the young men that he He's from Brazil. And I was speaking to him and, and I said to him, I, is, I, do you come from a family of ministers? And, and he, he looked at me and he says, no. I, I wasn't very convinced. So I went round again with the same question. Do was anybody in your family a pastor or anything like that? He says, no, 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 no. my my parents just go to church. Uh, They're not pastors. They're not anything. Uh, Because we were looking at it, and I was saying, but I know he's trying to chase ministry, but he hasn't discovered his identity. And I know his identity is in his family. So I look at him again, and I say, "Your, your dad just goes to church just like that. Yeah, he's saved. He says, yes, he's saved. Uh, oh, actually, he was supposed to be a pastor, but he didn't become a pastor. I said, okay, now you're talking. And then he begins to tell me, he's, as he's telling me his dad's story, I said, what happened? He begins to tell me, oh, oh, this is what happened. My dad tried this and this and this, and then, and then this happened. Actually, by that time, my granddad, who was a pastor, died. And I thought, oh, your granddad was also a pastor. Yeah. I, said, I looked at him again, I said, do you come from a family of ministers? <laughs> Then he went, oh, now I get it. And I'm like, yeah, now you get it. What you're trying to do is already in your family. And people have fought and died for it. It's a well that is already in your family. What you're pursuing, you're not the only one. And God is trying to release something that he already promised. I want you to go talk to your dad about what God promised you. Do you guys understand? Mm -hmm. Generationally. Fortress. The enemy builds a fortress. Let's walk down through that scripture. What are the key things that you find through that scripture? Number one, you find the name demon. Jesus uses the name demon, right? I'm not going to describe what demons are today. I will deal with that next week. But as we talk, you will, we will put together a picture. So I don't want to come here with a definition of what demons are. This, 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 this. We will put together a picture from the scriptures as we read. Do you guys understand? Yeah. Jesus uses the word demon, and in the Greek, that's d a d i a m o n i o n, And it is talking about, in the Bible, that is also used to refer to as uh, the other name used is evil spirits. Okay? Evil spirits. So, they are spirits, and they are evil. That gives you a clue, right? They are spirits. You can't see them with natural eyes. And they are evil. Hello? Hi. But here's another revelation that makes us understand what is going on. When Jesus talks about this man was mute. The word used for mute there actually means he was both mute and, you know, and, 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 and deaf. You understand? He couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. But if you read your King James Version and other translations, it actually doesn't say the man was mute. It says he had a demon which was mute. Hello? Uh, Uh, We're going to learn what demons are as we look at scripture. Okay. Now, there is a physical manifestation in a human being and everybody looks at him and feels sorry maybe for him, maybe, that he's, he's, he's deaf, you know, he's mute, he can't speak. He, he, you know, he can't function properly. Oh, this man, poor man. He was born like this. When Jesus shows up, he actually reveals to us, it is not the man who is deaf and mute. It is a demon. Mm. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I want you to understand this. That's why, do not be quick to judge people. Hello? Uh. It is a demon. I don't know what this man was supposed to be that made the enemy attack him this way. But the devil decided, no, 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 we can't let this guy speak. Hello? Uh It was not natural. It's a physical manifestation, but it is a spiritual problem. There's many times in life where people are fighting things. Even ourselves, we are fighting. Um, we, you know, Sometimes the area in which you are very weak is actually the area that you are supposed to be strong. Hello? Bye. But the enemy saw that this guy, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I'm guessing, maybe he was supposed to be a preacher, decided to shut him up. Maybe he was supposed to be a prophet, decided to shut him up and so he was born like that he couldn't speak he couldn't hear and yet it was what? a demon what does also that teach you? demons can cause physical manifestations physical manifestations the bible talks about Jesus going into the synagogue and finds a woman with an infirmity and the woman is bent over backwards like that, I mean forwards like this hello hello he casts that thing out and she straightens up. Mm-hmm. You see why we need to know these things, right? Very important for advancing the kingdom. Advancing the kingdom is restoring people. Hello? Another thing I want you to understand from that scripture is this Jesus expelled the demon used there for casting out is, is ekbalo <coughs> in Greek. Ex, ekbal, which means expel. Which means cast out. Which means extinguish. Which means do you guys understand? Yeah. Jesus refused to exist in the same space as a demon. I told you the kingdom of God is in you. You cannot exist. You should not allow demons to exist in the same space with you. The way to deal with demons is to what? Expel them. Cast them out. Now, we should be careful as we talk about this nowadays because we have come into a culture of inclusivity where everything has a human right. Everything has rights. And that culture of inclusivity can expose us to compromise and live with demons because we can't say anything against this or against that it's not we shouldn't we will look like we do you understand what I'm talking about inclusivity Where some people are preaching this gospel. They say, oh, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. God loves everyone. Everyone is going to heaven. Jesus died for everyone. You don't need to do anything about it. There is no hell, actually. (laughs) I don't know which Bible they're reading. (laughs) I I sure don't understand how hell functions, but I know it is. eh? Mm -hmm. Why, because Jesus said so. Huh? Mm -hmm. Just because you don't understand how it functions does not mean wrap it off. What do we do with demons? Not appease them. Mm-hmm. Expel them. Yeah. Did you guys get me? Yeah. Because there are those that are called exorcists that cast out demons but they just appease them. You've probably seen traditions. You see, where I come from, actually where I come from, like my, my father's proper village, they have a tradition and they call it Vimbuza, okay? And and this tradition is that when somebody is sick and they have a spiritual sickness, and they know, I don't know how they know, these diviners know. Okay, so they take them to the diviner, the diviner says, Ah, this is a this is a spiritual sickness. The spirits want you to bring uh, uh you know some serious wine and and, and come into the mountains. And then there will be people playing the traditional drum for that person. And that person will truly get well, physically speaking. They will play that drum for three nights. And that person will dance and dance and dance, you know, and go into their hysterics. And and then, bah, they're they're free. And they come back in the village. They're all right. They're functioning again. Their spiritual malaria is gone. That is not called casting out demons. That is called appeasing spirits. Demons. It's different. Ekbalo becomes very important in this context. Jesus says he casts it out. He drives it out. He chases it away. Not give it a place to stay. Have some conversation with it and make it calm down a bit. Now we got policies. Sometimes we need to be careful with, cause they make demons just come down. You know, and before you know it, you are dancing to the tune of demons. Eh? <laughs> I've been in places. You are in a church like this. A demon manifests. We t- they, they all just the elders take the person out. They wait for the person to come down. Then they bring them back in. Appeasing spirits. Now, nah. if it manifests, it goes. Right. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Hello? Uh. If you find there is a demon around your stuff, it goes! Yeah. You can never negotiate with darkness. No. Mm. That's why, you know, I know I'm jumping the gun when I talk about casting out demons, because this is what I'll do at the very end. But that's why it is, it is not very advisable for people sometimes who get involved in casting out demons to just having too many conversations you know, with the person they are casting out the demon from and, and the demon is saying, Oh, I, I won't go. I'm so strong. You can't have me. And you say, Hey, who have you. Where did you come? I came from. Uh, oh, how many are you? We are ten. It probably is lying to you. It's darkness. You're dealing with darkness. You don't do deals with darkness. Because this thing might make a deal. And then you ask it and then it tells you oh, all the other way I can come out if you, if you touch my foot. Are you sure? <laughs> you're going to make a deal with a demon on how it should come out? <laughs> this is going to be great stuff. You're going to enjoy this month. <laughs> but you're going to know who you are in Christ. And you're going to know who Jesus is. You will have so much honor for Jesus. Trust me. The other thing that scripture reveals, I move a bit quicker. When he casts them out, the, the, the Bible says, the people said, you are casting them out by Satan's power. And in answering that question, Jesus answers the question by saying to them, no, no, Satan's kingdom is not divided. Hello? That also reveals to us that Satan has a kingdom. So demons do not exist on their own. They exist in a context of a kingdom. A very organized kingdom. We know two entities so far in that passage. One, Satan. Two, demons. And Jesus says it is a kingdom. Did you read with me? Do you know that? Hello? And in that reference, they refer to Satan as Beelzebub. The prince of flies. That's what they're calling him. They're saying the demons are flies and Satan is their king. Bear in mind these descriptions because I'm going to tie this together it's going to make so much sense. But we know, therefore, that they are existing in a context of a what? A kingdom. I've told you demons are spirits. I've told you they are evil spirits, uh, according to that passage, and I've also told you that they exist in the context of a kingdom, and their king is certain. So, everywhere you see a demon, you know whose agenda is being served. Certain. That's why, in the book of Acts, there's a story when Apostle Paul had gone to preach somewhere, and when they were preaching there, when they said for three days a young girl that had a divine nation spirit in her she kept following them and kept saying these are men of God listen to them the bible says on the third time Paul really got vexed in his spirit and looked at it and thought Mm-mm, this is an evil spirit so he cast the demon out alright but why did he cast it out? He was saying the right things. This demon was saying, these are men of God. Listen to them. And I'm sure some of us would love that. <laughs> so what did he say? <laughs> come with me, come with me, come with me. <laughs> you know? See it! You know? And the demon says again, this is a man of God. But Paul rejected it. Why did he cast the demon out? Because everywhere you see a demon, know the Lord of the demons sent it. Huh? So you can never do a deal, I repeat. You can never say, ah, it's okay. It didn't kill anyone. It doesn't harm anyone. The devil is the one who sent it. And do you know his mission? To kill, steal, destroy. So it is just a matter of time. There will be a distraction happening. Yeah. Yeah. So you can never say, oh, oh it's okay. It's just soothsaying. Uh, besides, what she said was true about my life. Listen. <laughs> Listen. The soothsayers and the psychics and the mediums, they are operating by evil spirits. Yeah. 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 And you can never agree with what they say, even if what they are saying is right. Even if they said, oh, I see your mother. She died two years ago, and it is true. Never agree with them. Run. Run or bind that spirit. Cast it out. Do you understand? Because the spirit, the lord of the flies is hovering. He wouldn't be clever if he tempted you with things that don't sound quite right. Deception starts by telling you what sounds right. That's how deception starts. We tell you what is right, what feels right, and then slowly keep tweaking it. Shift the comma, shift the full stop, put a question mark where there was a full stop, and deception is happening. So you see that description of the devil there becomes very important. He is the lord of the flies, he's in charge of demons. But it also is powerful. That if you drive out a demon, you have pushed back the devil's agenda. You guys understand that one? <laughs> if there was a demon playing with your money, if you drive it out, you have pushed back the devil's agenda over your finances. If there was a demon playing with you as a person, messing you up and always giving you trouble, if you drive it out, you have pushed back the devil's agenda. Mm. Wow, I've got too much to say. But I want us to understand this thing, and then I'm going to, a couple of scriptures, and we're going to finish. I want us, to, for today, I, want, I can't leave this thing just hanging on demons. You know, it's, not, it's never right. You know, I, I want us to understand this thing. Jesus. Calls himself stronger than this strong man but number one understand he calls the devil in that passage strong man it means he you know the word means powerful man it means a mighty man okay so so sometimes people underestimate the devil I will have time next week, and I will start talking about the origins of things, and we will talk about who the devil really is, Satan really is. But Jesus acknowledges that he is a strong man, and he uses a word that says he's a powerful guy, he's a mighty man. You know, he uses a word that talks about he's a combative warrior. Do you understand? But then Jesus says of himself, "But this is happening because." He that has come is stronger than him. Mm. <laughs> I want you to understand that because this is the key revelation to what I really want you to take home today. We can talk about demons and classes of demons, angels and all those things, but it is beginning to understand he that is stronger. How is he stronger than all these things? Hello? Hello? Because he says, I am only managing to cast demons out and take the souls, the spoils, because I am stronger. Which means if we're going to take the souls and cast demons out in this city, we have to somehow become stronger than the strong man. Hello? We have to. Oh, Pastor, you're really sharing very good stuff here. Yeah. Next week you will come already, right? No. Revelation 127 7-9, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I'll show you what it means. Revelation twelve seventy-nine. 9 This is really just an introduction. I've not even started. Revelation 12, 7 to 9 the Bible says, Then a terrible war broke out in heaven. Michael. Who's Michael? An Remember we did angels before? Yeah." yeah. Michael and his angels fought against the great dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon did not have the power to win. And they could not regain their place in heaven. So the great dragon was thrown down. Once and for all. He was the serpent. Now the Bible tells us, before you start interpreting who the dragon is, read on. It says, he was the serpent. The ancient snake called the devil. And Satan. So who's the dragon? So the war that broke out in heaven was Satan. Fighting against. uh, This is where we get it wrong. Not against God. Demons. I mean, angels. Hello? It reveals his glass right there. He was cast down into the earth, and his angels along came with him. Now listen, people, listen, listen very carefully. The war that broke out in heaven, when Satan rebelled against God, was not fought by God. It was fought by angels. Is that such a beautiful truth to know? It sounds small, but it's a big truth to know. Because sometimes in our living, this is why I have to talk about demons. Because in our living as Christians, in our minds, we've got this picture of the devil is against God. Therefore, the devil stands on the same level as God. No, he doesn't. Even in his best days, before he rebelled and he was an archangel, he was still not equal with Jesus. Do you understand? Jesus was God, is God will always be God so even in his heydays when the devil was called Lucifer, son of the morning and he was shining and he was doing the stuff that he was doing he was still under Jesus because Jesus is God so when war broke out in heaven, there was a fight, yes But not between Jesus, not between God the Father and the devil, not between the Holy Spirit and the devil. Angels, that's his level. Mm. Now you understand why Jesus said, He who is stronger is here. Do you get it? It's not something you have to, you know, kind of... morale, Jesus is stronger no, it is true <laughs> you get me it, it, you, if you've got a car with the same horsepower, that's the horsepower in the car you, you don't have to kick. no it is not a formula one car it will not do the formula one things huh? it's a Peugeot <laughs> but you guys understand so sometimes Christians, just the lack of understanding there, just uh, it steals from us. Mm. Eh? We say, oh, certainly, oh, certainly oh, the devil has really No, 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 listen, Jesus has always been above him. Yes. Even before he died on the cross. Mm. That's, <laughs> here, he's not even died on the cross, this passage we read. Mm. And he's saying, no, no, he who's stronger is here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, if Jesus is above the Lord of the flies, do you understand why it is not an issue for demons? For Jesus? Because mm-hmm. he's above their Lord, yeah. he has always been above them. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the demons, their chief, is under Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Jesus before the cross, even. Their chief is under Jesus. No wonder when he shows up in a place, Jesus, it is not fair to say Jesus fought against demons. It is not fair. It is not true. They saw him and they say, why? Our list, we've still got lease. Our time is not over. Why? Why? Why are you here? Why? Because they know. They can't No demon fought Jesus. They can't fight him. Because he's always been above. He who is stronger. But you see, let me add this thing and I'm going to finish. In that passage, we are introduced to the third entity in the kingdom of the devil. First entity, we said there is Satan, the prince. Second entity, we said they are demons. We are introduced to his angels. Now, this is where some of you get really confused. Don't get confused. Just read what the Bible says. The devil and his angels. In the first passage we were reading, the devil and his evil spirits. These are two different things. How do I know they are two different things? Well, it's not rocket science. They are referred to differently. One is called evil spirits. The other one is God, angels. So by nature, they become two different things. But next week, I'm going to go deeper into that. What makes why? What? What are the fallen angels, and what really are the demons? Hmm. You look forward to that, right? Yeah. But how? Huh, when you understand that, Ah, Jesus is stronger, has always been stronger, and then when he rose from the dead, he's—I don't know how many times stronger. Hallelujah. Then, then. Uh, you understand why I have to talk about this in the context of who he is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you Christians, you start living in fear. You're scared of demons. They have never been above Jesus. Never. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Rasa let Tadabosa. Me, let me find the scripture to finish with. Uh, 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 uh. Let me let me read you this scripture in Ephesians six ten to thirteen. Okay, Ephesians six ten to thirteen. It says, "Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths oh, for last. I'm reading the Passion translation again." Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Why? Because he's stronger. Did you get me? Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Why are you victorious? Because he, the one you believe in, is what? stronger. We used to sing that song, you are stronger, you are stronger, sin is broken, you have saved. His reason, Christ is reason, Jesus you are Lord. This will make more sense, right, as you sing, you are stronger. Now you understand what Paul is saying there when he says, stand victorious in him. It says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the enemy or the accuser. Then it says in verse 4, which is very exciting, your hand-to-hand combat or your battle is not with human beings. Ah, this is where we started from. As you're trying to set people free, as you're trying to advance the kingdom of God to bring people to Christ, your battle is not with them. That's what it means. So you can't keep going around saying, oh, the people of hope. Ah, they never listen. They never listen to God. Ah, these people. Ah, they're stubborn people. They're stubborn. No! Your battle is not against them. And if you go talking like that, who are you going to win to Christ anyway? You can't keep saying, these people, this... No! The Bible says you are not fighting against flesh and blood. Remember where I started you from, the story we started from. He was mute. He was deaf. But it was a demon. It says you are fighting against highest principalities Authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a power class of demon gods, or principal or rulers, and evil spirits. I told you, right? There is the devil, there is fallen angels, then there is evil spirits. There. I told you, this is going to be like prophetic school. In the New Living Translation, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The term heavenly places there means the unseen realm on earth. Do you guys understand? Do you really understand? Because once you know the place of demons, even in the kingdom of the devil himself, it kind kind of helps you understand what you're dealing with. And you don't go into battle without knowing your enemy. Because every little thing was going to scare you. Oh, it was a demon, it was a demon, listen. You're dealing with a third-class citizen even in the kingdom of darkness. (laughs) Even in the kingdom of darkness, demons are the last tier. They're sent to and from like flies to carry out certain assignments. The issue is the strong man but you also have one who is stronger. Amen. Mm. Mm-hmm. After we finish this series, you will cast out demons with no struggle. Amen. You will look at it and say, ah, get up. Yeah. Some of it you won't have to say anything. You will just look at it and, listen, and it will start going. I'm very serious. You look at it like this, you, say, uh, you know, and, and it will go. It will disappear. Mm-hmm. God will, will trust you also with understanding, because when you have understanding, God will trust you with visions. Yeah. Yeah. You will begin to see sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know You look at somebody and you say, "Ah, this, this is just a demon playing around here." Mm-hmm. And you, you cast it out and you free the person that quickly. Do you understand? Hello? Hi. (laughs) You stop being a psychologist every time. Analyzing people. You know why they do this thing. I've been there. I've done it as a job. I know this. (laughs) There's sometimes I'm sat there talking to someone when I used to work in York and I'm talking to someone and I know him. (sighs) If only I could just pray here. I'll set you free. That quickly. So I devised ways. Don't tell my boss I used to do it. But I devised ways, and my patients were improving. My clients were improving pretty good. I had said, you know, I, I, somebody thought, actually, they audited my diaries because they thought I'm faking things. You know, when I'm writing reports of, you know, they, they find a very difficult client, and, and, then they, and then they say, oh, let's try a few. Maybe a few can go on. So they, they add the clients to my list, and I go, okay, yeah, I'll take them on. I take them on three four weeks, they say, oh, he doesn't engage, he doesn't sit down, he doesn't do this. I, I, I never experienced any of that. Mm-hmm. I sit down with the person, <laughs> they are there, I get them for a coffee, they come, I take them through stuff, they do it, I give them assignments, they do it. They begin to improve. <laughs> so, when they look at my diaries, you know my company loved me that much that they 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 made me the face of Richmond Fellowship. That's my wife, right? They made me the face of it. You never knew this, right? You never knew it, right? That I was the face of Richmond Fellowship. I was in their videos, they were showing them everywhere. You know, everywhere across the country, where they're doing a course, they'll be showing me being interviewed, me, you know. <laughs> 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 I don't even that qualified to be honest. Not even that qualified academically. I was alright, but there were people were very qualified than me. And I was new in the field as well. I didn't even last that long. I worked there just for a year. But, God moved. God moved. I had clients begin to recover. Seriously. I had people, they said, this guy can never find a job. Still finds a job. <laughs> Learns to ride a bike. Starts to go to work. Mm. <laughs> listen guys you can see them God begins to trust you with visions and you can see clearly now because you know what you're dealing with the problem with most of you if God showed you there's a demon there you will freak out you don't understand their level these are flies they're dealing with But understand this very clearly. This is why Jesus said, and I promise you, this is the last scripture I will read. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, Mark 16, 15, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. I will stop there for the I know it continues. It says they will will, will speak with new tongues, they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. But I just because I'm interested in they will drive out those who believe in him. Hello? which is you and me. Why? Because I began also by saying to you what you believe defines who you become. So let me finish there. When you believe in he that is stronger, you become stronger. Come on, say it like you mean it. When you really believe he who is stronger, you become stronger. You become stronger. is such a miracle that the devil still cannot understand it. It is such a miracle how you, when you believe in Jesus, just get translated from there to there. You understand why the Bible says you are seated in the heavenly places in Christ. You have to be in Christ to understand how strong you are. So, if a demon will ever take advantage of you, then you have to actually just remember: no, no, no I'm in Christ. Yeah. Just that memory. Hello? <laughs> you've been there. The demon is troubling you, sending you crazy thoughts and messing you about. If you can just wake up and just let the, ra- the lion in you just arise again: yeah. I'm in Christ. Yeah. I'm in Christ. I'm in he that is stronger. By nature, I am above every scorpion, every serpent, every demon. By nature. But because I am in Christ, hello. I have to stress that because the coming weeks when I talk more about demons, I don't want you terrified. I want you to know you are in he that is stronger. You are knowing these things so that you may destroy them. So that you may remove the barriers that are set in the way. That you may heal the sick when the sick need healing, you heal them. No demon will lie to you. That you may achieve what God has for you. Do you understand? That you may set not just yourself free, but your family free. That you can look around your family and say, now where is this thing resting? Where? And you know, in prayer, do you understand? I can have spiritual eyes over my family. You too can do it. You can literally look over your family and, and, and begin to pray, where is this thing resting? Where? Where is this trouble coming from? And the enemy knows he is awake. You know? Because the difference in the spirit realm is just knowledge. Mm. It is just knowledge. (laughs) When you know, stand with me. When you know, you cannot be handled by the enemy. When you know, the devil hates people who know. Ah, my introduction to this on the social media was the biggest scandal is of, of in the world is that the enemy has convinced people he doesn't exist. And even those that believe he exists don't actually understand. They say, they are Christians who say, you don't need to know about demons. You just need to know about Jesus. And I don't know how that, is, that computes in their heads because they've obviously never read the book of Revelation and they've never really known Jesus because he cast out demons so many times. <laughs> Listen, ignorance is not a good, a good plan when it comes to spiritual things. Because what you don't know will kill you.